Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Brumbaugh, heat check three. It looks good. It is good. Nine points for Brady Brumbaugh. He's getting hot. To the pros. Huskers come after him and block the ball. It's picked up by Hartzog. Malcolm racing to the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Looking for an all toward the end zone, caught, middle of the field, Dalton Kincaid, right through the end zone, touchdown, Bills, they strike quickly and lead it 13-0. Allen takes the snap, now he'll keep it himself, running to his left, he runs inside the numbers, gets to the 40, cuts to his left to the 30, 25-20, big man inside the 15, sidelines inside the 5, touchdown, Bills. Takes the snap, chest high, drops back to pass, throws middle of the field, pass is complete to Shakir, who breaks the tackle for Mika Fitzpatrick, spins to his right, along the hash marks to the right, across the five, down inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown Bills! And now third and seven, Mayfield to throw, steps up, throws wide open, it's four again at the 30, down the left sideline to the 25, Fears right at the 20, a little stutter step of the 15, inside the 10, breaks the tackle at the five, and all Gun snap to Mayfield, sets, throws, right side, catch at midfield, breaking a tackle is Palmer, down the right sideline, veers across the field, he's gonna go, he'll go all the way for the touchdown! And happy Tuesday morning everybody, it is the Morning Blitz, once again broadcasting on 1025 Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. I'm Ross Volkmer. Christian Peck Dimmit is back with us, of course, as well on this very chilly Tuesday. It's already been a heck of a day for Christian, all right? His heat went out in his joint. There could be possible frozen pipes. It's just been a bad day for Christian. So if he seems on edge today, don't feel offended. It's just been a rough start <laughs> to the day. Christian, good morning. We're, I we're hope the be... next hour makes you feel better is my hope. That's my hope. I hope the next hour oh, you I... feel better. I'm feeling good about it. outside of my control. We're we're chilling. Uh, however, chilling uh, was also what it was what this a morning. A little bit. It was uh, 48 degrees in my apartment uh, <laughs> when I woke up this morning, uh, which is I don't know about you guys. I'm not gonna speak for our listeners, but usually a little bit colder uh, than I prefer it. Uh, but yeah, it's all we're we're having a, a fine morning and. Uh, life is good. Life is good. I, I cashed out uh, of my parlay right before the last leg, which was Eagles money line. Uh, so I feel good about that. And you won how much money was it? Ten bucks? Uh, yeah, twelve bucks actually. Twelve bucks. Uh, so I wasn't far Ross off. Ross is very aware um, <laughs> that your your local radio host makes very. Um, We'll call them lame bets. They're they're one dollar. They're two dollar bets. But Safe we bets. have fun with them. Safe, Safe bets. bets. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I I had a buddy who uh, was big into sports betting, and when I woke up on my twenty first birthday, did I have a happy birthday? I have a great day. Text? No, nothing. But I did have a link 
to join DraftKings. Uh, so, uh, so uh, the the free bets or the free money that they give you uh, there is just what I've been riding with since. And I made a parlay of uh, I had Texans money line, uh, KC minus four, Green Bay plus seven and a half, Lions money line and Bills money line, which of course all hit. And then I. For my credit, I did have the Eagles, so I, I was five of six technically when I made that bet, uh, but I felt a little off about it. Didn't really believe in Philly last night, so cashed out right before. So I think that counts as six for six on the picks. Uh, you know, we'll give it to you. Uh, negative seven, your start here today on this Tuesday, so very cold, but we are going to get to temperatures at least into double digits, actually a high of 25. <laughs> We're having a heat wave. That's what we're going to be having today at 25 degrees, that's for sure. Uh, although that's all going to happen pretty much after noon. So the morning is still going to be, as you can say, with negative 7 degrees, very chilly. And that has caused a lot of delays, especially when it comes to school, a lot of two-hour late starts. You can find the complete list on our website at nwksradio.com. Go to area closing and cancellations. You can also text the word closings to 785-899-2222. That's our text line. Uh, and, of course, you can text that with any of your thoughts and comments and questions throughout this Tuesday morning edition of the Morning Blitz, where we will be visiting with Colby Eagle wrestling coach, first year at the helm of the Colby Eagle wrestling program, Cole Garcia. He will join us today. We'll be visiting with him about the Eagle wrestling program, who's had a great start. They've won the Salina South Invitational. They just won at Scott City. They continue to be very, very good uh, underneath the uh, Coach Garcia's leadership, so he'll be joining us on the program coming up today. Uh, we will. It's high school midseason basketball tournament time, folks. This is the week. Uh, a full slate, really. Be, it should have began yesterday, but once again, due to the cold temperatures, they've all been kind of pushed to start today, and so there'll be a lot of midseason basketball going today. Uh, also, a big night tonight for Kansas State, Kansas, Colorado State. They're all back on the hardwood tonight for some basketball. We'll touch on that a little bit later on in the show as well. But, of course, I want to start off the program talking about uh, yesterday, NFL playoffs, wild card divisional, wild card round gets done. Bills take care of the Steelers, and the Buccaneers take care of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to start this show, and I just wanted to kind of get everyone's thoughts. If you want to text in on the text line, that'd be great. I just love to get people's thoughts uh, as we wrapped up the wild card round, what were some of the biggest takeaways you had, Christian, from Monday when you had the Bills take down the Steelers in Buffalo and, of course, the Buccaneers pretty much roll the Eagles down in Tampa Bay? What were some of your biggest takeaways from yesterday's pair of games? Well, we will start uh, as we're getting a phone call here. <laughs> uh, the line uh, is hot. The, the, the yeah. line is hot. Sadly, I cannot answer it right now, but um, <laughs> I'll, we'll start with the Bills-Steelers game, uh, which, of course, started the night last night, so I figure perfect place to start. Uh, it was rescheduled, of course, from this weekend, and plenty of snow. I'm sure you all saw videos on social media if you did not it was a trek through the Arctic just to get to your seats. The, um, the field was all cleared off and everything was beautifully shoveled by all those volunteers up in Buffalo. However, um, the, the stands themselves still had like two feet of snow and people were literally, it was at their waist and you're wading through the snow to get to your seats. And you kind of saw the so snow throughout the night people 
every time the Bills had a great play, they'd just take a big thing of snow and throw it in the air. <laughs> so there's all this uh, dust and a uh, uh, little white powder up in the air. It was honestly a cool look um, as, you know, the camera would pan out after a Bills touchdown. And then there were a couple times, including a shot, and it was a nice throw, actually, um, from Rudolph to, I think it was George Pickens, diving for it in the end zone, and someone pelted it, landed about a foot from <laughs> Through the play, a snowball. A snowball, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I'm sure it's somehow against fan rules. Yes. Very funny. Uh, the takeaway, however, though, is that the Bills are very dangerous, and I don't want to anger our KC fans too much, but I think they can easily take, not easily, you know, here in the second round of the playoffs, it's a relative scale, beat the Chiefs this weekend. I think this could and should finally be Josh Allen's year. Obviously, we all know his struggles uh, to kind of run, having very good teams, teams probably better than this one run into some incredible teams on the AFC side of the playoffs, mostly those dominant Chiefs teams. But I think now that the Chiefs are a little bit uh, having a down year, obviously their offense uh, has well-documented been out of sync. I think my biggest takeaway from the Bills is that this could very well be your year if you can run the football how you did last night. We've talked so much about the fact that Josh Allen is a ridiculously large part of your offense running the ball, and they put so much on his shoulders, of course, in the pass game, but also what he's expected to do running the ball. The broadcast said last night he he ran the ball eight times, 74, uh, including that 52-yard touchdown run. It's a franchise Uh, record, by the way. Franchise record. It is. Uh, franchise record long rush by a quarterback, so good for him. But coming into that night, the, the game before, I believe it was 15 rushes, uh, rushing attempts, and I think the night before that it was either 13 or 11, both of which at the time were season highs for him in terms of running the ball. They put a lot on his shoulders, but when James Cook can run the ball the way he did last night, 18 for 79, and 4.4 yards a carry, which isn't anything incredible. But with how the running game has been at stretches throughout this season, if they can get literally four yards a carry from James Cook, I think that's enough to give this offense the balance it needs. And it can be very, very dangerous come this weekend. And finally, they are hosting the Chiefs. Yeah, that's it's going to be the very first, and we knew this. We knew this for the most part, unless of course the the Steelers beat Buffalo. It's going to be the very first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes in 15 postseason appearances. He has never played a true road game. Of course, he's played in the Super Bowl, which is a neutral site, and at Arrowhead, he's never played on the road. More thoughts on that in just a second. My biggest takeaway from yesterday's two games was the interesting the interesting realization of what can happen when you change quarter or change coordinators in the middle of a season and the positives and the negatives of what can happen when you do such a thing first with the positives the bills got rid of Ken Dorsey the man who throws tentum, or temper tantrums in 
the play calling booth. Everybody probably remembers Ken Dorothy losing his mind uh, one time and replacing him with former LSU offensive coordinator when Joe Burrow was there, at least co-OC, Joe Brady. Joe Brady has come in, and all of a sudden, the ever since he's been there, the Bills have taken off. I don't think they've lost a game since Joe Brady's been there. Joe Brady has just taken this offense and put it back together where it needed to be. Where it was, I felt like when uh, a couple, or maybe even a year or so ago underneath Dorsey, but it had really fallen apart over the last maybe, I don't know, maybe the last, definitely for the beginning part of the season, and maybe even the end of last season. But the head coach, Sean McDermott, decided to make a change at offensive coordinator. And all of a sudden, Josh Allen has slowly, not perfectly, limited his turnovers. That was huge. He's putting way more touchdowns and turnovers. They have finally developed a running game in Buffalo, like Christian Meshin with the help of James Cook. Josh Allen could always be the runner, but you never want your quarterback to be option A when it comes to the running game. You want it to be the changeup pitch. You like, you know, you'd like it to be a three-pitch system. Your first, your first option, of course, is the fastball. Then, of course, you have a curveball. You want the quarterback to be the changeup. You want to be pitch number three. You don't want it to be the first two options that you have in your bag. You want to use, you want it, you want it to be option three. But it, okay, I'll take this as him being option two. I'm fine with that because he is a freak of nature, so big and so durable that he can get hit a lot of the time and and pop back up and even playing in cold temperatures. It doesn't bother him. So that's good for him. But that was my first takeaway was the Bills made a change at offensive coordinator. They came to life. They were on fire right out of the gates. I mean, Pittsburgh looked asleep at the wheel to start the game. It probably should have been 21 nothing because there was a fumble by Pat Fryermuth that did not go the Bills' way, and it should have. There's no way that was not, not a fumble. So that should have been Bills' ball, and it probably should have been a touchdown going the other direction. And th- the snowball was rolling downhill for Buffalo rather quickly. And they ended up pulling up. Steelers got a couple garbage points late. So be it. That was a Bills' domination win. And I don't know... If there is a hotter team in the AFC than the Bills, I'm not saying they're the best team. I'm saying they're maybe the hottest team right now. And I can guarantee you that Bills Mafia and jo- and Josh Allen, all those guys are just salivating that the fact that they get to have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs come to their house for this playoff game. And honestly, Christian, I was thinking about this because I was sh- watching stuff on ESPN before the show and talking about how looking at the series history between the Bills and the Chiefs, this has been a great rivalry. It is one that we have seen start from nothing and build into something. It's one it's not one of those like you remember hearing about, oh, it's the Packers and the the Packers and the Cowboys, one that was started back when none of us were alive in the ice bowl. You know, we've seen this one start because we've seen Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen come into the fold, bring these teams along. It's a great rivalry. Think about those great games, including this the one this year. The lateral from Kelsey to Tony for the touchdown. That gets called back because they were lined up offsides, and they truly were. And then Patrick Mahomes going to Josh Allen saying that was the biggest bunch of BS he'd ever seen. Telling it to his own counterpart. Just shut up, man. Shut up. You lost the game. All doesn't come down to one play. This is a great rivalry. I cannot wait for Sunday night. This game is going to be good. The Chiefs are looking a little bit better, 
But by gosh, the Bills are hot. And look out for them. And they are, you know they're salivating to have them at home. That was my first humongous takeaway. Do you have something to add to the Bills on that? Uh, I know where you're going to go with this other coordinator, and you know that I'll have something to add. Uh, I just want to throw out there, I'm fine uh, with Josh Allen being that second guy. In fact, I'm fine if you have an elite rusher like that at quarterback, him being that second pitch. But, yeah, it seems like this is a great rivalry, but every time that it comes to the playoffs, the Chiefs have always gotten the upper hand. And you got you have to be with Josh Allen. I know a lot of the football world, because of the whole Taylor Swift thing, is going to be, uh, you know, some transient Bills fans this weekend, and it might finally be uh, a chance for him. It feels like every time they've played them, they've been a juggernaut in the Chiefs, and finally they're a little bit less so. Yeah, it it feels this this. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. The the Bills have to love their chances going to being at home the way the Chiefs have played so far this entire season. Yeah, I this I still think it's going to be one of those great games that we've seen. I mean, I just I can't I don't remember which one it was, but it was in the playoffs and the Chiefs won. I mean, Tyreek Hill with what less than a minute to play, they found him streaking down the center of the field. They hit him for a long touchdown and that went I don't know what year that was, but that was amazing. Was that, that was two years ago, right? Twenty twenty one. That was unbelievable. Tampa Bay. No, it was it was Chiefs. It was Chiefs and Bills. I'm still talking Chiefs and Bills. I'm saying the the winner of that faced Tampa Bay. Maybe that's what no, it was. It but gosh, right that here. was such an epic performance to see that stolen yeah, at sto- like you know victory taken away, <laughs> the crafts of defeat by the Chiefs. So I I expect another great game like that here on Sunday. So and to finish my point on the other side, so that was a good move by the head coach, Sean McDermott, to change coordinators, and it resulted in a positive result. Then you have the Eagles and Nick Sirianni making a bad move and changing his defensive coordinator to Matt Patricia. And not because, I, once again, I know you have all your thoughts on Matt Patricia, and that's fine. You've followed him. You've covered him as a Lions fan. I get that. I don't know Matt Patricia from anybody else down the street in Winona, Kansas. Um, but my point being is that he made a change and his, you can, you could see it last night, just blatant. His team didn't like that change. They didn't like it. They were trying to understand Matt Patricia. They couldn't understand him. And you saw what happened last night. The Buccaneers ran wild all over the Eagles who did not want to tackle. It was one of the worst tackling performances you'll ever see. And it was the nicest weather of almost any playoff game almost. They didn't want to tackle. And you could just see that that team had given up. And the reason why they had given up, I think the biggest reason why, especially defensively, was because they did not believe in the move that their head coach made to promote this guy to be defensive coordinator. It was not the right move. And I have deeper thoughts on that, but I'm not going to dive into those because that could get a little dicey. But nonetheless... He made Zeriani made a move and it bit him back. Think about this, folks. The Eagles started the season ten and one, the best record in football. They went one and seven the rest of the way. Ten and one, one and seven the rest of the way. They finished eleven and eight. Think about that. One and six the rest of the way. One and six. I think so. Even with the postseason. 
think so. Okay. Nonetheless, one win to six losses the rest of the way. Nah. Yeah. Ten and one, one and six. Yeah, one and six the rest of the way. Nonetheless, one win to that many losses after that move was made, that is my point exactly. You made a change at the coordinator spot. Your team did not agree, especially defensively. They never played like they wanted to play for that guy. And guess what? It went through the whole team like a cancer. Even the offense could not overcome it. And I feel terribly bad because last night they were, you know, they wanted to show ESPN wanted to give Baker Mayfield his due, and he deserved it. Baker Mayfield played great. Three touchdowns, 337 yards, no picks. They had three super long pass plays. They, but once again, aided by the poor tackling of Philadelphia. They rolled them. But the thing that stood out to me was they really wanted to show Jason Kelly, Kelsey t- tearing up because it was his last game. They wanted to bring him on. You just know it. They're like, oh, my gosh, we're witnessing one of the great centers and one of the great faces of the NFL. His career is done. It's a terrible thing. Jason Kelsey was in a Super Bowl last year. This year, he's knocked out in the playoffs in the first year, and it was announced this morning that he was going to step away. At least he told his teammates that he's going to step down. And fine, 13 years in the NFL. Most people think he's a first ballot Hall of, first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll believe him. They know more than me. I'm sad to see him go, but that was, a mis- that was once again, on the opposite of the Bills. A mistake by the coach to make a change, and that resulted in the team not buying in and a cancer going through that locker room to finish out the season and end up getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs, and not just bounced, kicked out of the playoffs badly. I have no personal vendetta against Matt Patricia. Wish him all the best uh, as a coach, obviously uh, as a Lions fan uh, for my whole life. He is not high on my list of coaches I'd ever like to see again. Uh, he took, for those of you that don't know, uh, he is regarded in of those by those that have followed him as probably the worst multi-year head coach in the history of the National Football League. Uh, he took a playoff um, Lions team that was kind of right on the brink, and Jim Caldwell was always getting them to those nine and seven years and couldn't get them. Uh, over the hill, so to speak, over that last bump to be a good playoff team and, and win a playoff game. This is, if you remember, a team that had Indomitian Sue, had Matt Stafford, had Calvin Johnson, had Marvin Jones Jr., had Golden Tate. It, an incredible team talent-wise, and they were kind of right on the brink. And within two years, Matt Patricia had them at the second overall pick. That's ridiculous. That's very, very, very hard to do as a coach. He found a way. He also, if you remember, uh, Darius Slay, who has been, I'm sure he's thrilled to be reunited with him in Philly. Do you know why? I mean, he was traded from the Lions. I don't know if many outside of Detroit know why, because, of course, he was their best defensive player and at the time probably a top three corner in the league. Uh, he had a dispute with his head coach because he was, despite the Lions having a dome, Matt Patricia was making them practice outside in the snow, uh, quote, lost the locker room, and the feud between him and Slay got uh, what became such a large divide that Patricia then traded Darius Slay, the best defensive player on the Lions. About two weeks later, the same thing happened with Tracy Walker, the Lions' best 
safety, or was it um, not Tracy Walker, the safety who's now uh, on the Seahawks, blanking on his name. Another very good player, probably the Lions' second best player defensively at the time. So I don't think that for a lot of people in the Midwest, it was super surprising that he had that Matt Patricia has struggled to coach a defense. Uh, but I think people in Philly are perhaps rightly very angry about this because what a way to implode. If you asked people probably two months ago, a large portion of them are going to tell you that this Philadelphia team is the best team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts at the helm was uh, an MVP candidate, an MVP favorite at the time. And uh, they even had a shot in this game. They kind of clawed their way back to a point where at halftime it was actually you were feeling like, oh, this might be a game. And then that it was kind of a bit of a stalemate. And then that safety, it felt like late in the third, just turned it on its head because immediately, uh, I think it was within a minute. Uh, May, yeah, within a minute, Mayfield found Trey Palmer 56 yards and the game was over. And great for Tampa Bay. Don't want to take anything away from them because, because you know they've done a great job to get here and to take down this team, and they'll have a shot here because of how good their run defense is and how good Mayfield looked, and I'm sure how good he's feeling. They'll certainly have a shot uh, against Detroit in Detroit this weekend, but I think the real storyline here is the Philly implosion. Uh, before we get out of here, real quickly, in about a minute or two, of the four games scheduled for this upcoming next weekend, Houston at Baltimore, Green Bay at San Francisco, Tampa Bay at Detroit, Kansas City at Buffalo. What What's your thoughts on these four matchups? Uh, what, what stands out to you? Uh, well, we'll start with the good uh, and work our way down to the less good, we'll call them. Uh, Chiefs-Bills, great, great ball game. I'm super excited for that. We've talked a ton about it. Uh, Bills are actually two-and-a-half-point favorites, probably because they're at home, and like Ross likes to say, they kind of get spotted. The yeah, three, three points, points for being home. home. That's right. Uh, exactly. And uh, like I said it. Uh, I think it is Josh Allen's finally his year, and he'll have a tough chance against a good Ravens team, assuming that's the matchup should he win this weekend. But that uh, is, is probably my one to watch for this weekend. I think that's the best ball game. Right behind it, I think, are the Lions in Tampa Bay. Detroit has a chance to go from zero playoff wins in 32 years to a trip to the NFC playoffs. And granted, they were aided by that big upset down in Dallas where now they have to play a home game against the worst division winner in the NFL. But they certainly have a chance to do it nonetheless. Green Bay and the Niners. The line is currently at nine and a half, favoring San Francisco coming off a rest. They got a bye, and I love the Packers, and I know that may sound weird coming from a Lions fan. Jordan loves playing great, great football right now, as is Aaron Jones. I don't think they stand a real chance in San Francisco. And Texans-Ravens, I think, of the two division or uh, conference leaders that are playing this is probably a better ball game because of how the Texans are feeling right now and I'm sure it's very good this Ravens squad I think is the best in the NFL and they are playing great football as well but yet there's something where you just can't count out CJ Stroud right now yeah, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo, no doubt, top game I'm intrigued to see how Detroit handles another home game I think they should be able to take down Tampa Bay 
I well, and I'm just intrigued by these young quarterbacks. Can they lead their teams to competitive games against two teams that are you know predicted to pretty much meet in the Super Bowl? And how much does rust? Oh, even though it's a nice week off to get some rest, does any of that rust up and cause some issues to make those games a little closer? I'm intrigued to see about that. Should be a very interesting upcoming weekend with the NFL schedule. It'll be Saturday, Houston at Baltimore, followed by Green Bay at San Francisco. Sunday, you got Tampa Bay at Detroit, and then Kansas City, Buffalo, the capper. <laughs> going to be a good one on CBS. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little high school wrestling with Colby High School coach Cole Garcia. He joins us next year on the Morning Blitz. Stick around. <laughs> 